Welcome to the Unstoppable Eventrepreneur Podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about business strategies, thinking and habits that are essential to building a successful event planning business while enjoying a fulfilling lifestyle. I am your host, Mayo Silvers, an events veteran with over 20 years of experience and also an unstoppable eventrepreneur with two multiple six-figure events business. Come listen with an open heart and open mind. Be ready to reset, recharge, and rejuvenate your life and your business. Welcome to the Unstoppable Eventrepreneur Podcast. Thank you for giving me your time, your attention, and your ears to listen to our podcast week after week. Today, we're going to continue with talking about sales. Last episode, we talked about is your business structured for sustainable profit. And sustainable profit means understanding your pricing, means understanding how your company is structured so you can scale effectively and efficiently. And part of scaling is having a sales team. So this week, we are going to talk about sales objection. Okay? We are going to talk about how to overcome sales objection. This is a very common topic that we share among our community of event uh, planners. And today, I want to shed some light about sales objections. For me, and I'm pretty sure a lot of the sales guru out there will have the same opinion, sales objections starts from prevention, not reaction. What do I mean by that? Reaction means that you're already in a sales conversation with with someone or potential client and this person tells you or gives you a reason why they can't buy from you at this time. So they're telling you why they can't buy. Like you're too expensive, I don't have the budget, it's not within my budget, whatever the case. So they're giving you this objection at the time that you're speaking with him or her on a sales conversation. That's reaction. So you have to react to that objection, right? So they told you that they can't buy because of XYZ reason. They give you an objection why they cannot buy. And you have to react to that objection by giving reasons why they should buy and why they should buy now. That's called reaction. Sales objection should be a prevent a preventive measure, not a reaction measure. What do I mean by preventive? That means you need to do a great job in your marketing and qualification so that it reduces, and I didn't say eliminate, okay, it reduces the probability of getting a sales objection or the or sometimes completely eliminate the sales objection. So if whatever objection you're getting at the sales conversation, if you have done a great job in your marketing message, the objection is not really an objection. It is more of a clarification. I'm going to give you an example. 
for my event planning business, M2 Hospitality, so far, knock on wood, I don't have anyone who come on a call with me. So far, I have not gotten anyone who comes on a call with me who is inquiring about my services, telling me an objection that they could not buy at this point in time. Such as, you're too expensive, I don't have the budget. And basically, these two, are, or now is not the right time, Basically, these two or these three objections, you know, you're too expensive, I don't have the budget, or now is not the right time, they do not exist when they come on a sales conversation with me. When they come on a call with me to talk about my services, it's not about how much things cost anymore. It's more about, so how do we go from here? What is the process like when we decide to work together? So they want to have some form of a clarification. How would the planning process be like when we start to work together? It's no longer asking me, how come you charge so much more than other people? Why are you so expensive? Why do I have to pay for all these things? Tell me how each of these things cost and why do I need all of these things? Can I eliminate this and this so to bring down the budget. It's no longer talking about the money and why they want it cheaper and why it should be cheaper. It's all about clarification, how to work with me and the process of how it will look like when we work together. How come I'm able to have this type of conversation when I come on a sales call with that person? Because it's all about prevention, okay? When I'm doing my marketing and you, when you are doing your marketing about your services, about your company, you need to be able to convey what type of people you work with. Okay. And also how much it costs to work with you and why it costs that much to work with you. People are not only buying a solution when they decide to work with you. They are buying, at the end of the day, a sense of safety, a peace of mind, and a sense of happiness when they decide to work with you. I'm going to repeat. They are not just looking for a solution. A solution is just a strategy. It's just a to-do. They are not looking just for a to-do which is a to-do that they don't want to do. That's why they hire somebody. They're looking for somebody to do the thing that they don't want to do. Therefore, it eliminates the stress. It brings them a perceived sense of happiness or a perceived sense of stress release, a perceived sense of knowing that everything is going to be okay, a sense of relaxation, and a sense of peace. That's what they are buying. So in my marketing message, I will convey the problems that they are trying to solve. So you must first find out what are the potential problems that your potential clients will be facing or could be facing when they want to plan an event. If there are engaged couples, 
okay, that means they're going to plan a wedding. What are the potential problems that they would encounter when they're planning their wedding? Number one, blowing their budget, okay? Not knowing what goes on the budget and how much to budget. Well, that's a problem. And what's the solution? The solution is you will show them, you can help them create a budget and manage their budget. That's the solution. But what is the end result apart from you helping them to create a budget? The end result will be them feeling relief that they don't have to spend more than what they have budgeted for their wedding. Therefore, they have extra cash to do other things for their house, to have a honeymoon, a more luxurious honeymoon, to be able to spend a little bit more on decor or whatever that's important to them. So you can see there's a problem, there's a solution, and the solution is not the end result. It's the deeper layer. What do they get from the end result? What are the emotions that they get from the end result? And emotions is what drive buying decisions. The more you agitate the problem, that means the more you highlight the problem, the more you highlight the solution, how you can help them, the more you give clarification, clarity on exactly how you can solve this problem so that they understand very clearly that they only want to work with you, why they should work with you, and only hire you to solve that problem. Now, this part here is extremely important. When you give clarification why they should hire you, it's not just because you are a problem solver, okay? This is the part that a lot of people miss. It's not just because you are a problem solver. There are things, intangible things that come into play that not only just your expertise, okay? It's not just your expertise, that can solve the problem because there's many people who may have the same expertise, but why would someone decide to buy from somebody else and not from you? It also comes down to how you make them feel. Just this, sometimes these are the things that is not within your control. It is your energy, okay? It is how you explain things. It is how you make them feel that they are not stupid, that they can't do it themselves or, or, make them feel inadequate or you, for certain words that you say, certain energy that you project, and you could also make them feel safe and comfortable working with you by showing them examples of how you would solve this problem, how you had solved this problem, the couples that you had worked with previously, and what was the end result, which is, your strategy, what did your strategy get them? What was the end result? So yes, the problem was solved, but what other things it had helped to bring on that made the event such a successful event? It could be now the couple feels they can have so much more time, money and energy to spend on the, the fun of planning a wedding, such as picking the right songs, the right first songs, such as planning a destination or planning activities when they are when it's a destination wedding. I'm just using this as an example. When their friends and family come to visit, they actually can spend a little bit more money because you're managing their budget on taking them out 
on a little tour of the city, shutter, uh, getting a, a tour bus for them to see the city or have a more elaborate uh, have a more elaborate brunch or rehearsal dinner or whatever the case. Okay, getting a nice uh, goodie bag that has all the local produce that signifies the, uh, the destination. So what this part here, you need to highlight, okay? You need to highlight how it, it will make them feel once the problem is solved and what are the additional things they will continue to feel when they decide to work with you. Again, this part here, a lot of times, is how clearly you articulate how you can solve the problem based on your experience, your expertise, based on your client's testimonial, and also how you make them feel about investing in you. In this case, can they trust you? Not just your expertise, but can they trust you to watch their back? That means to go beyond, beyond just solving their problem. Can they rely on you for everything else? Maybe they are just hiring you for one thing. But if they feel that they can trust you, like, like, a, um, like they can trust a trusted aunt, okay? or very good friend, they are more than willing to give you the money because you are a trustworthy person. There are situations that I have, I myself have come across. There are people that I'm planning to hire, okay, who are extremely good in what they do. That means they are able, if let's say I'm hiring a, um, and this applies to any form of, service. It doesn't have to be event planning. Okay. If let's say I'm hiring, I'm hiring a, uh, a coach, a sales coach. Okay. Or a business coach. Again, this type of sales strategy, okay, applies to any type of business. So this is buying psychology and sales strategy. So it's not just event planning. So if you are a venue owner, if you're a DJ, a photographer, whatever it is, this part here. When you, when I am looking to purchase a service, okay, or even a product from the person who is providing the service and the product, especially when it comes to service, because service is intangible. So a product, you can compare this product to exactly the same product and sometimes it's price comparison but sometimes it's also the customer service, right? That you also pay a little bit more for. That's what I meant, the intangible. Now, if I'm paying top dollar to hire a sales coach, a business coach, when I say top dollar, we, we're talking about close to $100,000, okay? Six ticket invent, um, investment. I no longer just look at how well this person can solve my problem. I no longer am just looking for a sales coach or a business coach who can give me all the strategies and tactics. It's no longer just that. When you are going into an investment, an emotional investment, you not only are just looking for a problem solver, you are looking beyond that. You are looking at how this person presents themselves that would give you a sense of calm 
a sense of reassurance, a sense of she gets me. She has been through or has helped people who has the same problem as me and she can relate to my problem. She understands my lingo. She understands my emotional struggle. She understands that I'm not looking to just solve the problem, but why I want to solve that problem. She understands what I'm looking for deep down. Okay, when I'm looking for a sales coach, it's not just to solve a sales problem, right? Teaching me how to overcome sales objection. But what would the result of learning how to solve a sales problem bring me? More sales. What does more sales mean? means that I can have big, bigger impact. I can help more people who wants to build a business or I can have used this money to build a better experience or a life for myself and my loved ones. So I go beyond. So if you are an event planner, you need to go beyond solving the surface problem because for sure you can solve the surface problem. And it's not just you who can solve the first surface problem. But if you're able to understand your buyer, okay, psychology or your buyer's background, such as what is important for them, okay? What is important in life for them? What is important in this wedding ceremony or in this celebration for them? What is the most important thing that they want to achieve? Once you understand what they want to achieve, then you want to highlight that point. If this couple tells you that we just want to have a wedding, that I, we don't have to worry so much about where the money is coming from, that we are not spending money where we shouldn't be, where we could have saved some money here and there. Now, a lot of you will just stop the conversation there and say that, okay, I can help you save the money. But then an experienced salesperson will ask, so once we're able to save all this money here and there, so we know we're spending the money where we are supposed to spend the money and not a dime more, or I can get a better deal here and there. What are you going to do with all this money? This is the next question to ask. What are we going to do with all this money? This is where we find out what is more important to them than saving money. What's the purpose? Why? Why do they want to save this money? And they will tell you, okay, with this extra money, we can put in our savings. Okay, because we're saving to buy a house. With this extra money, we can spend on a honeymoon because we really want to go to Bora Bora instead of taking a carnival cruise to the Caribbean. With this extra money, we can actually, we can actually have, uh, we can actually use this extra money that we save to spend on a band that we both love, but it costs a lot more than what we can afford based on the numbers that we initially have budgeted for the wedding. So we don't know where to get the extra money to hire that band. It's going to cost $20,000. Based on this money that we can save, we can hire this photographer that we have been following all this time because this photographer is able to capture the moment so naturally, like in real time, that actually tells the story. When people look, when we look back at the wedding album, we can relive the moment. You see where I'm going. I'm not just solving the problem. I'm asking them, once I solve the problem, what's going to happen? So I'm bringing them to a different level now that they're no longer just thinking about, oh, you can solve my problem. They're thinking about, you are the person who can help me achieve all these things once the problem is solved. Therefore, 
if you are able to get this step done and done well, which is in the middle part, right? Which is at the very beginning, your marketing, your step one, your marketing, okay? This is what we call sales prevent, sales objection prevention, okay? So step one is your marketing message must clearly convey the type of people you want to work with. If you want to work with high-end clients, your marketing in terms of your visual, in terms of your language, must communicate that you work with high-end people. You're not going to talk about, I will work with your budget. You're not going to show a picture, picture with backlighting, with wrinkled tablecloth, with cheap center, looking centerpieces. No, you're going to convey a message with a perceived value. You only work with people who have the budget or will, will be willing to spend the budget for their event. Okay, so you yourself also have to represent your brand. So not saying that you should be shallow, but if your brand is a luxurious brand, sometimes you can get away with not having any makeup or not wearing, you know, uh, appropriately, like that convey that you understand style. You can get away with that because I don't always show up wearing my Louis, you know, wearing my Louis Vuitton and Chanel or Prada. No. But I have done enough marketing that people can see I live a luxurious lifestyle. They know that I have taste and they also know that I am not cheap because of the, of the things that I talk about, the problems that I solve are top dollar problems. So top dollar problems that save top dollar, that save top dollar uh, for my clients, okay? So my marketing message is very clear that I only work with people of certain caliber, of certain financial professional background. And this is the result of my work. I have testimonials. I have case studies. I am able to articulate the problem um, clearly and the solution clearly. So I have already exerted my asserted my authority, my expertise, and very clearly communicate what my brand is all about and who are the people that I work with. Then comes into, so then they come in, all right, into the sales conversation, which at this point, of course, the in-between from the marketing to coming on a call with me, there's qualification questions as well. I continue to ask qualification questions to make sure that they are the right fit for me and to have them understand that I'm the right fit for them. Then here, I make sure that they understand very clearly that I can solve their problem, how I'm going to solve their problem, and the results I gotten from other people and what will happen once I solve their problem. What is the experience they're going to get once I solve their problem? This is the part that you are going to spend a lot of time, okay? Once you're able to articulate this, the third step is closing already. It's closing them. And when you close them here, if you've done a very good job, the first step and the second step, and it takes practice. I'm not going to lie that overnight you can do this, okay? You're going to have a lot this is a numbers game. Sales is a numbers game. You got to burn, you got to kiss a lot of frogs to get your prints, okay? So you, what we say, we're going to burn through a lot of leads, okay? You will still get some riffraff coming into you. Um, no matter how well your marketing is, I see that every single day for my own business, not so much for M2 Hospitality, but for more for my coaching program. So because people always want to get a good deal. And you may want to give them a good deal. You can throw in something here and there but you got to charge what you want to charge if you want to make money or profit, make a lot of money, okay? But people, if they, if they feel that 
you can do what you say you can do and they and they know that they can get what they want to get after the problem is solved and your price okay is your price they can see the value why they're paying that that price they would feel that this is a good deal compared to compared to the the cost of the investment compared to the end result that they are actually looking for it's not just solving that problem okay so when you're closing this sales here it's no longer overcoming objection this part here the third part is clarification of how it will look like when you start working together the process so you need to have clarification in the middle how you can solve the problem why you are the person to solve the problem and what they will experience once the problem is being solved you got to be so clear about that the clarity here extremely important make sure your body language your tone the words you use is on brand and be authentic okay be as honest as you can be because the last thing we want is you put on a different persona and then when they start when they hire you you become a different person if you don't know something say you don't know something if you're very good at something say you're very good at something you don't have to be afraid that you're boasting because if you're confident about what you can do for your client your client will not feel that you're boasting the client can feel that you have confidence and that confidence equates to assurance equates to a sense of security that they can trust you to solve the problem now then be who you are as a person because now they can feel your vibe now they can feel your energy now they can see oh this is what you value personally as a person what is your personal values and morals a lot of times i will be very clear when i'm on a uh, a call with my client who wants to hire me for uh planning services i will tell them that i why i don't charge them for certain things and why i charge them for certain things i will tell them that, that why i will charge you extra when i come on site this amount of money because it's time away from my family and this has to make sense to me financially if i'm giving if i'm coming to you i'm giving up something else which is i'm giving up time with my family with my loved ones and and that is of this value to me and therefore i charge this much money to come on site for your event why am i why do i not charge certain things because it's against my and when they come to me they say that you know my but my previous event planner they charge us for this thing they upcharge certain things why are you not doing that so they these questions come out when is at the last part when they need clarification what is like when they're working with me so i continue to build the no like and trust and i will say that well i don't i you know yes it may make sense to my bottom line to my profit if i were to be like them to upcharge certain things right but it's just not it doesn't work well for me in terms of value in terms of ethics because i i personally feel that you have already paid me this amount of money to plan your events i don't think that i need all these other drippings or gravy to up my profit margin because i just don't feel right charging you like this way so many of them are so appreciative and when i do have to charge extra about certain things i'm transparent about it so they know that i am a up up and up person i am straightforward i'm clear i don't hide anything and 
if I don't like certain things, I'll tell them. I say that I will have a hard time working with you if I have to chase you for information. If you're wishy-washy about things, if you can't make up your mind about certain things and I have to work 10 times harder to go around to give you 10 different solutions or, or options and you still can't make up your mind when you have clearly told me this is what you want. So I cannot work with someone like that. If you think you are like that, we don't need to have a conversation anymore. And they may have the money to hire me, but this type of conversation in the second part, okay, and the continuation of the third part will give them clarity that, oh, they may not want to work with me. Or yes, I want to work with May because she will set me straight. And her process is going to give me the, keep me accountable or keep me on track which gives me the end result of less stress, which gives me the end result of I'm able to focus my energy and time and money on something else. So when people ask me, how do you stand out from the crowd? How do you overcome sales objection? How do you, how do you close all these leads? I said, first and foremost, know you, who you are as a person. Know what you can do, your experience, your expertise. Know the results you get for your clients using your experience and your expertise and know how you make your clients feel every time you solve a problem for them and know what you expect from your client, what type of people you want to work with and don't be afraid to communicate who you like and who you don't like and why you do certain things or why you don't do certain things. Because at this point, if you are that honest, they can feel your personality. They also know your ethics and your moral values. They know your thought process. And it is up to them to decide whether they want to work with you. And you 100% eliminate a bridezilla if you are that clear or any nightmare clients. I love all my clients because, okay, my, because I'm so clear from the very beginning, from my marketing message, to this sales conversation, to closing them. At no point, I am a different person who is warm and fuzzy because I'm not warm and fuzzy, okay? I am. I am at certain point in time when I feel that emotions are high, when I feel that you need a little bit more reassurance. Yes, but it's never been my personality unless when it comes to my daughter, but sometimes I'm really hard on her too, right? So they have a good idea the type of person they're hiring. And if they like that, and it, it, this is their love language, no amount of money is going to be too expensive. Okay? This is what I, talk, what I meant about prevention. Sales objection is all about prevention. It's no longer about reaction. When you are reacting to an objection, that means something is broken in your funnel. Okay? From marketing, to sales conversation, which is, which is qualification and then building, building the clarification here, why they need to work with you. And then here, continue to build clarification, how it's going to be like after they hire you. So, so you have to think about all these three. They are not all independent. They are all related. If you have done everything correct, well, you know, there's not really a term for correct the best that you can, that is very clear, right? That is very clear to the outside world, okay? What you're doing, how you help, the results you get and how you make people feel and your personality 
then it's no longer it's no longer a reaction anymore because there's no longer going to be any more objection. If there's any objection, they say at the end on the third part, okay, they say, you know, after you have explained to me how you work and and the your thought process, I I think they may come to you and say that they I think that you may not be the right fit for us, even though even though your price is something that we can afford, you may not be the right fit for us. You should thank God for that if they, they were to say that to you, that you may not be the right fit for us because you just eliminate uh, a potential stress in your life because if you continue to, if she decides to hire you and she doesn't listen to her gut, okay? Your potential client doesn't listen to her gut and hire you, there's going to be so much conflict at the end. There's going to be so much conflict at the end during the whole planning process because you all clash. But nobody is willing to say it because the potential client could have already exhausted all her search and you happen to be the best of the worst, okay? And she's just going to suck it up. Or you are in a situation that you are driven by money and not really listening to your gut. Do I really want to work with this person? You are attaching a dollar sign to this conversation. A sales conversation is never about the money. You should always talk about money, your fees, okay? But it's never about you need this money, you want this money, therefore you're going to close the lead. So it's a, it's a mismatch. And that's when you get nightmare clients and when they write bad reviews about you because you never match. You are never a good match to begin with. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed today's episode about why sales objection is about prevention. It's not about reaction. Um, this again, this takes practice. You need to have a lot of sales conversation. Okay, talk to potential clients to refine how you present yourself, to refine how you can sense body language and the tone of your potential client and adjust yours accordingly to sense the invisible or intangible buying signals or upcoming objection. So you want to address all that before it even, even bubble up to the surface, okay? If sales is your Achilles heels, I have news for you. Very exciting news because I have not done this I don't believe I've done this workshop before. We have an upcoming workshop on March 5th to 7th, which is uh, on a Tuesday to Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time Zone. We're going to have a three-day workshop with the theme, Slaying Sales, okay? If you want to have a business and not a hobby where you get consistent revenue and income that you can live the lifestyle that you want to live or at least pay your bills and not have to work a second job, then you need to be able to sell. And to be able to sell, you need to understand this whole, whole episode that I just presented to you, which is marketing, sales psychology, and closing sales, okay? Of course, this slaying sales is not just about this. We are going to talk about sales goals. How do you set a sales goals so that you are not disappointed when you don't hit your sales goals? We're going to, un- we're going to talk about sales matrix. Is your matrix even accurate? So you are, we are going to look at data. We're going to look at numbers and teach you how to set a sales goals that is realistic to your business structure, 
and also your lifestyle. Then we're going to talk about what exactly is a sales funnel, your sales strategy, okay? We are going to teach you how to go about setting up a sales funnel so that you can you can convey your marketing message, which is exactly the first part and the second part that I was talking about, right? You are able to convey that very clearly, okay? You're able to convey that very, very clearly. And then um, people will come in without, without having any objection, okay? So day two is building a sales funnel. So marketing, nurture, qualification, okay? Selling. Third, okay, the third day will be how do you actually sell without selling? How can you have a marketing message that you're constantly selling yourself, but you're not selling? How do you talk to in a sales conversation that you are selling, but you're not actually asking people, please book me, or why you sh- why you know you are in a desperate energy or you're trying to convince people to book you? Right? This is one part that that I really do not believe in convincing people to pay for your services, okay? And if this is a a workshop that you think is going to benefit you, everybody should, in reality, if you have a business, should learn how to sell, even as the CEO of the company, because you're going to have to train your team how to sell. Come to this Slaying Sales Workshop, which is on March 5th to March 7th. So go to the sales notes, go sales notes, see, all I'm thinking about is sales. Go to the show notes of this podcast and click on the link to register, okay? To register for the uh, upcoming uh, workshop on slaying sales. I look forward to seeing you all inside the masterclass. And once again, as I always say, if you have enjoyed the podcast, please make sure that you give us a rating, give us a review, and also share our podcast to other people whom you think could benefit from listening to us, like how we have benefited you. I would so appreciate that. I enjoy doing this, but I'm doing it because not only just for my own enjoyment, but I know that people are listening to our podcast and really seeing a transformation and impact in their personal development and also in their business. And also, don't forget to always let me know what else you want me to talk about so I'm not creating topic in a vacuum. I'm creating topic that actually addresses the things that you're facing in your life and also in your business that you want to hear from a different opinion, a perspective. That's why I do what I do. Thank you so much, everybody. And I'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Unstoppable Eventrepreneur Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, can you do me a favor? Please leave us a review and also share our podcast so we can help more eventrepreneurs out there. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss any new episodes.